Hey guys, welcome back to Sarah Says, the weekly podcast with me, Sarah, CEO and Chief Scrunchy Enthusiast over at Sockman Studios, talking about whatever it is that's on my mind. Have you ever just been at your mental capacity? Like where you get home and you don't want to do anything. Like you don't, you don't even really want the TV on. You just, you just sit there in silence. Like you, you can't read, like just can't focus on anything. But then, I don't know, you get on Netflix, you get on Amazon Prime Video, Disney Plus, Hulu, your DVD collection, whatever. And you're like, oh. And you put on your comfort show, your comfort movie, because you can't process anything new, but you also need something on, like you, you want something to be in the background. Because that's been me a lot lately, the last month. Uh, like I've said, it's been really hard. Like February was a hard month. March started off. It was just, it was very heavy. There is still a lot going on in the world. And I just had no bandwidth left for anything else. I just, I couldn't, I wasn't even listening to music on the radio. I was <laughs> I was listening to BBC World Service, which I still pretty much, that's about the only thing that I have on. But I have been listening to my music again lately. And I just have been feeling very uninspired. But this last week I had off. And guys, it reset so much. Like I didn't even know how much I needed this last week. And I didn't go anywhere but I did so many things. That's not the point of this episode. <laughs> the point of this episode is comfort shows, comfort movies. The things that you can put on and watch, not pay attention to, or quote endlessly episode after episode or, you know, through the whole movie because it just makes you feel good. The amount of joy that has sort of been brought back into my life this week and the, like, the comfort shows that I've been wanting to rewatch and latch onto has been astronomical. So I thought I would do a podcast episode about it. Um, also, like, this is just, like, the mental health check-in, like, a little mental health check-in. How are you guys? How is, how are you doing? I know I am in a much better mental state now than I was two weeks ago, um, you know, I don't know if as I get older, the seasonal affective disorder tends to affect me more or it's just the last couple of years have been pretty crap in the world. You know, like I don't know what it is, but I've noticed over the last few years that the month of February, about mid-January to mid-March, I just feel really weighed down, really heavy. So... This episode is also, like, coming out of that and getting back into a more Sarah-like Sarah. Like, a more back to my regular self again. Because um, I know I feel a lot better. I This will be my third podcast recorded during my week off. I mean, when I tell you, I did a lot. I did so many things. Kind of boring things. But sometimes boring things can feel good. Like a good checklist. Just check it off. Or like even if you don't have a checklist, but then you start writing down everything you did and checking it off as you like you've already done it and checked it off and then you notice how much you did. That must be really great. Anyway, 
that's that's going off into other things. That's that's just touching on my Enneagram 7 right there. That's just pulling that out. Let's get into comfort shows, comfort movies. I had made a list and then I had asked my Instagram followers for theirs. And some we matched up in some places. And then some I'm like, I've never even heard of that before. So anyway, let's get into it. Okay, first I'm going to talk about my favorite TV shows. And now this is in absolutely no particular order. It was just as I was thinking of them. And I thought that like, because some of them, some like some of them are easy and some you may not have heard of before. So I thought I would give like a little bit into it and like why I love them just in case maybe you needed a new show to try out. So first, and again, in no particular order, I wrote Gavin and Stacey. This is a BBC show. So there's only 22 episodes over three seasons. There's like, let's see, six episodes in the first season, eight episodes in the second. That includes a Christmas one. Um, six episodes in the third. And then there was a special Christmas edition in 2019 at the end. Oh my God. Um, like we need, I, I need an official fourth season. But this is one of the first things I think that James Corden did. And I guess, I don't know. I guess there are a lot of people that actually hate James Corden, but I don't really understand why. I don't know. I love him. I, where I guess I haven't watched anything of his that's annoying. I don't know. Anyway, um, has James Corden, Ruth Jones, uh, Joanne, Joanna Page, and Matthew Horn. Now, Joanna Page, she was in Love Actually as the film extras. Yeah, you know, that that was her. Uh, and Ruth Jones, she and James Corden, they co-wrote this show together. She plays Nessa, is short for Vanessa, and she has this iconic line. Uh, oh God, I'm never even going to be able to say this right. Uh, brings me joy every time I think about it because another one of just my favorite things is listening to BBC Radio 1, uh, specifically the Scott Mills show. It where the, and they have podcasts of it. That's how I first came to hear about it back when I was in college. But uh, he used to play this game called, oh, what's the curtain? And I didn't realize that that was Ruth Jones, that that was her ca- character, uh, Nessa, saying it. Oh, what's a curtain? Um, I just, I love this show. The first episode, I think, is one of the funniest television television episodes ever written like it is just laugh out loud hysterical so the pro the la, 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 the plot is Gavin and Stacy work at the same company but in different locations and they meet because they talk on the phone to each other it, that's how they're introduced, I guess. That, that's how they're introduced. And so the first episode is them actually meeting for the first time. She brings her friend Nessa. He brings his friend Smithy, which is James Corden's character. And they end up falling in love. Nessa and Smithy can't stand each other. But, the, like, it becomes a whole thing. Um, And then by the, like, a couple episodes in, he proposes. And so then they're planning this wedding. And... It's just, it's my favorite. His mother, Pam, um, the first episode, she decides she wants to go on a diet. There's this whole, there's this whole skit. It's just, 
Oh, it's it's my favorite. Um, because she, she has three steaks, and her husband, Mick, is like, "Are you mad?" And she's like, "That's it. I'll starve." <laughs> she goes, <laughs> "Gavin's like, Mom, no." And she goes, "No, I've had it. I've had it with a lot. Like Atkins doesn't work. Can't do cabbage soup because your lordship don't like the smell. And now I can't even have a steak because <laughs> he's like." You're eating half a cow, woman. Because <laughs> she's like, Atkins means that I can't have carbohydrates. I like you to visit his chips. So I have substituted my chips for a steak. <laughs> and then look, she substituted another uh, for another steak for peas. Anyway, um, it's just, it's my favorite. I love it. I don't, I think I said it, maybe I didn't. Uh, you can watch all of it on Amazon Prime for free. Highly, highly recommend. Like I said, it's 22 total episodes and they're 30 minutes long. So you can literally binge it in a day, in two days, maybe. I mean, like if you really have nothing else going on. Next up, don't really need to talk about this one that much. Friends, look, I'm not here for the, Friends is actually so problematic. <laughs> No, no, thank you. Um, Friends was what it was at the time. It's nostalgic for me. Like, <laughs> like, and Joey, you can't say anything. Couldn't if I wanted you to. Like, they don't know that we know they know we know. And Joey, you can't say anything. He's like, couldn't if I wanted to. You, you don't beat that. You don't be like, oh, she's your lobster. Yeah, could I be wearing any more clothes? Chicken duck. Oh my god, Janice. There's just, there's never a bad day watching Friends. Dairy Girls, I have next. That is another British produced show. Get, have we talked about how I, like, if I didn't live in America, I would want to be British. Uh, I jumped on the Dairy Girls train last year, right around this time. Yeah. I don't know what I was waiting for. It is also, it's on Netflix. It's not on Amazon Prime. It is on Netflix. So you can watch both seasons right now. They do have a third season. It's just getting ready to come out on BBC ITV4. So I don't know how I'm going to watch it in America, but like I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out because I've been waiting. I've been waiting for a year. Well, sorry. No, that came out wrong. I haven't been waiting for years. Well, I've been waiting for a year because they were supposed to film it and then they couldn't. And honestly, you know what? A big F you to Corona because I bet we could have gotten at least two more seasons out of this. Then they had to keep postponing it. So this third season will be the final season. This show details the lives of... Uh, four Irish girls in the early 90s during the IRA conflict going on. So if you don't know your Irish history, go ahead and Google Ireland, early 90s. I mean, literally through the 70s, 70s through the 90s, um, the IRA, a lot of fighting going on, bombings, all kinds of stuff. They talked about it on The Crown. Um, they talked about it in the Margaret Thatcher movie. I, like, there's other 
we, we they've talked about it in other things as well i i grew up in the 90s of course i was in america but um like even i remember hearing things and honestly you know an irish car bomb is like kind of offensive really when you think about it the drink was what like but when when you think about it like and they named something after a, a form of terror like to invoke terror um but fighting between the catholics and the protestants in northern ireland this show it's too much i again the first episode the every single episode of this show hits and because it's a british directed thing as well um there's only six episodes a season i do not understand why television shows routinely only get six episodes a season. But can you throw me a bone? Can you give me, can you at least give me 10, what, six, not five, six. Wh where are the numbers coming from here? Why does it, wh if we're only doing six episodes, can we do like two seasons a year? Like in the, you know, I, I don't know. Anyway. There are only six episodes a season, so right now there's 12 episodes to watch. You can watch everything in a day, um, but it, it I, I love, I love the whole thing. And it also has uh, Nicola Cough, Coughlin, Coughlin, Cough, Coughlin, um, Penelope Featherington, aka Lady Whistledown, um, but I have some stuff in my shop from that show now because it's so funny, like the first episode uh, Aaron wants to leave. They go to an all-girls Catholic school and Aaron wants to wear a jean jacket instead of her blazer. <laughs> and she's like, I've decided to be an individual this year. <laughs> but then her mom, her mom like puts the kibosh on that. So she's walking out and, um, Nicola's character Claire sees that and she goes, What's all this? I'm not being an individual on my own. <laughs> on my own. On my own. Oh. I love it. The Sister Declan. <laughs> oh, Sister Declan is <laughs> too much. I have a friend whose husband is a teacher at an all-girls Catholic school. <laughs> and she said that they will have to, like, the first time they watched it, they legitimately had to pause the show because he was laughing so hard at Sister Declan's parts. Oh, so it's a good laugh. And if you're Catholic, you'll love it even more. Okay. <laughs> Next, Felicity. <sighs> Scott Sweetman. <laughs> ben. Covington. Okay. Felicity really messed me up. Let me tell you why. Because I grew up watching Felicity on Lifetime in the afternoons after I would get out of school. Like, it was on from like 4 to 6 p.m., whatever, like two episodes on. And I like watched it religiously. I, I just... You, you're really going to laugh about this because I, I put this up. You're really going to laugh when I get to the end of this. So they just play. I loved this show and I was convinced that this was 
what it was like going to college, okay? If there's one thing J.J. Abrams did to me was sell me a lie on what college was like. I mean, who knows? Maybe if I had gone to NYU, it really would have been like that. But (laughs) it was nothing like that. It was nothing like that. There were no Scott Speedmans around. There were no Ben Cummingtons. So um, if you don't know a Felicity, that says watch on ABC.com. I do not know anything about that. I own the DVD sets and I also purchased them through Amazon, like digitally to watch. There are 84 episodes in four seasons. Like that's what I'm talking about. Why can't we have that in British television shows? Why? Tell me why. But if you don't know anything about Felicity, Felicity Porter, played by Carrie Russell in the very first episode, is set to follow in her father's footsteps. He is a surgeon. She is set to go to college out in California. They live in California. And she is the one that gives the commencement speech. They graduate, throw their tassels over on the side. She's walking through. And then Ben, Scott Speedman's character, is walking past. And she's like, hey, can you sign my yearbook? And he goes to sign it. He's like, well, can I have a minute? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. She had a crush on Ben all through high school. He sits down. (laughs) I'm like over here like gasping. Um, He sits down in the grass. He writes her this long thing. And she's just like hyperventilating basically. Just saying like, oh my God, what's he going to say? And this whole note, he's like, you know, I used to watch you. And, you know, I, I, you know, we probably could have been friends, but that's just not really like what we were, uh, but, like, you always seem like the cool girl and all of this. And then he says at the end, like, I'd say keep in touch, but, like, we never kept in touch in the first place, did we? But, like, take care. And so she's reading this. And then she says, she's like, hey, where are you going to school? And he says, NYU. You? And she's like, undecided. She switches over, switches everything to move across country and go to NYU because Ben Covington is at NYU. So... She goes, first episode, it's a complete disaster for her because, like, her parents are mad at her. She really couldn't get into any of the classes that she would have wanted to get into because she was, like, doing everything after original freshman orientation sign-up. Her RA on the floor is Noel Crane, played by Scott Foley, and her, um, her roommate Megan played by Amanda Foreman is like this goth girl (laughs) scares her and she's just she's miserable she sees Ben Ben has a girlfriend and she's like oh my god what was I doing like what why did I do this look are there a lot of cringy parts to Felicity yes like there's a lot of them where I'm like "Ooh, Felicity girl what are we doing here um but there is an episode in That got a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. That should be criminal. Okay. In season two. Yeah, we can talk about this. I was just thinking like, am I really going to like ruin things if I talk about it? But no, we're going to talk about it. So by the end of season one, she has to pick between Ben and Noel um, to go on this trip. She picks. Okay. Let's just start beginning of season two. Okay. Beginning of season two, she thinks that she is, like, dating Ben. Ben 
is into her, but his roommate, uh, Sean, played by Greg Grunberg, and I love Greg Grunberg to pieces, is like, no, like, you don't just casually date girls like Felicity. Like, those are the girls that you get married to. And, you know, that's, it's, yes, that's very, that's very true. Though, like, that's who you get, like, that's who you marry. She is not a casual girl. But, um, so Ben chickens out, so they, like, she, she gets her feelings hurt and he chickens out. She cuts off all of her hair. And then he realizes, like, I'm an idiot. What am I doing? Like, why, why did I do, like, I do want to be with her. So then he's, like, trying to prove himself the whole time. But she has started dating this other guy. It's a whole thing. I'm trying to find the episode because it is one of my favorite. I was just trying to find the actual. Is it Ben was here? No, not that one. That's the cabin. Oh, this is okay. Okay. So it's the Aretha theory episode or season two, episode 21. So right at like the end of the, of season two, there is a power outage in the dorms. And so everyone ends up having to stay at Sean and Ben's and Felicity is going out with the, uh, like, she's getting picked up by the other guy that she's dating, Greg, Greg and Ben hate each other. And, uh, Megan, <laughs> like, spins this whole lie to Ben because Megan knows that Felicity still likes Ben and so he just like takes off after her and it's just like it's one of my favorites I could watch that episode over and over again the thing is is I've never actually seen the final episode of this whole series I know I know I lie (laughs) I don't know why do you know how many times this show restarted itself on Lifetime and I watched it and every single time it got to the, like, the final two episodes, I just always seem to miss them. Now I own, I own this not only on DVD, I also own them digitally and I still just have never seen the final two episodes. I know what happens in them. I know how the whole thing ends. I think it's because reading the summary of it, I hate the summary of it so much that I'm just like, "Mm." I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm happy. I'm happy with how it ends completely. But yeah, I've never, I wrote this down as a comfort show. I love it. Never seen the final two episodes. Next, (laughs) I have Alias. If you know me at all, if you know me at all, if you follow along on social media at all as well, you know that I ride or die for Jennifer Garner. I love her. Like, if there is one person, one person that I could meet and be best friends with, I would want to be best friends with Jennifer Garner. I think she is truly one of the most genuine people in this world. Like, it would absolutely crush me. <laughs> it would ruin me if she turned out to be a terrible person. But like, I just 
personally don't think that that's even possible, you know? Like, I just don't think it's possible. Um, Alias is a show, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. It was off of Amazon Prime Video for a while, but it's back now. There are five seasons, 105 total episodes. Originally came out in 2001. I do not want to get too mushy about this show, but let me tell you why I love this show. Also with a fun fact. I'll start with the fun fact about this. I have never rewatched the final season. <laughs> I own it on DVD, own it digitally. I have never rewatched the final season after it first aired. Like, I've never rewatched the final episode, but I remember it is ingrained. It is imprinted. It is seared in my memory. Okay. So, first of all, though, Alias also starts, so it starts Jennifer Garner, Ron Rifkin, Carl Lumbly, Kevin Wiseman, uh, Victor Garber, Michael Vartan, Greg Grumberg, David Anders, Marin Dungey, Bradley Cooper, yes, Bradley Cooper, B Coop, uh, Mia Maestro, Lena Olin, Melissa George, Terry O'Quinn, Rachel Nichols, uh, Balthazar Getty, Amy Acker, um, Patricia Wedig, I'm just looking through Amy Irving, uh, Amanda Foreman, um, seeing if there's anyone else big that I should mention. Gina Torres. So, 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 so many people. Also done by J.J. Abrams. Don't know if you caught the same names. Kevin Weissman, Greg Grumberg, and Amanda Foreman all came from Felicity. They all ended up working long time on Alias. Jennifer Garner met her first husband, Scott Foley, on Felicity, she played his boy or <laughs> played his girlfriend in a few episodes. Hannah, um, that was how they met, and then they got married. Um, and like JJ loved Jennifer then, and so yeah, then she ended up getting the role of Cindy Bristow on Alias. Um, anyway, okay, this show means so much to me because it came out at a time where I felt very insecure. So in 2001, I was in eighth grade. Eight, I was eighth grade and, yeah, no, just eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade. Um, but I had been doing karate for two years previous to that. I also played flute in the band. And in sixth grade, I decided to cut all my hair off. I mean, I had my cousin do it, but like I asked her to cut all my hair off pixie cut. It was terrible. Do not ask. Um, I had crooked teeth. I, I still kind of do have crooked teeth. I, whatever. They're my thing now. Uh, and I wore big old glasses. So as, like I was never bullied. I, I had a very strong friend group and I knew a lot of people. Like, I was sort of the, I, I wasn't fat, but, like, I was, like, the funny fat friend. Like, the popular people. I was friends with the popular people. I was friends with the not popular people. I was just the funny fat friend, but I like, wasn't fat. Um, so it wasn't that, but I still felt very insecure. I felt insecure about my looks. I felt insecure about the fact that I played flute in the band because also at that time it was, just like, oh, you play Flute Man one time at band camp. I'm American Pie. I've never watched that movie. I never will. Inflicted just 
complete emotional damage. <laughs> like TikTok sound, emotional damage. Ugh. Um, and I felt very self-conscious that I did karate. I had gone from competing in gymnastics, competing at Olympic levels, like Olympic training levels, like three days a week to being put in karate in sixth grade. And that took a big hit on me. And I never told anyone. I didn't tell any of my friends. Nobody knew. Because I was like, oh, that's such a, that's such a boy thing. I mean, I literally went from hanging out with all the girls in gymnastics to I was the only girl in the karate class at the local Y. Um, and I just, I just kept that to myself. I just, I didn't want anyone to know that I did karate. And then Alias came on. And I saw someone who had brown hair and brown eyes and like there were photos of her in middle school and high school with big glasses and like just goofy smile playing in marching band and I was like oh my gosh that's me like that's me and I'm watching her on tv kicking ass and taking names every Sunday. I'm like, I can do that. I can do that too. And it meant so much to me. But there is not a day that goes by that I do not think about the fact that I don't think I would be the person that I am today had Alias not been around. I met a community of people because of that show. I learned how to be confident with myself because of that show. I got so many friends to watch that show through college. I was lending my DVD sets out. Like, my DVD sets are so worn. And now I also own it digitally. I I wanted everyone to watch that show. I There was a companion book series. I still have them. I tried to Marie Kondo them out of my life and I just couldn't because they still bring me so much joy. Even though I don't read them, like they're just there, I couldn't get rid of them because it brings me so much joy. And the final episode was the day before my 18th birthday and it also happened to be, like, my 18th birthday also happened to be the last day of school for high school seniors. I was obviously a senior. So that night before, it was a Thursday because it had switched times, I was at my friend Justin's house and we were with my, our, our friend Samantha. And we sat there and we watched this final episode. And I just remember thinking like, wow, that's it. Like, this has defined so much of my life. And like, now it's ended. And now like tomorrow, I'm finishing high school and I'm turning 18. And that just felt so big. It just everything felt so big and so monumental and so important at that time. 
But the final episode absolutely wrecked me for several <laughs> reasons that we're not going to talk about. And I've never rewatched it. I have never rewatched it. I remember it. I remember the final seconds. I remember the final scene. I can close my eyes. I can see it in my head. Um, if, like, Jen has said that if they could get Bradley Cooper on board, she would do a reboot. Please, please, please. I am begging you. Bradley Cooper. Oh, those were the days, the scream, the spit. It's a whole thing. My one regret on the digital download side is that it doesn't come with the bloopers and everything, like the extras. The season one finale, they actually had like most of the cast sit and watch it and talk about it. And it is still to this day one of the things that I quote the most. Oh, I I love that. It's, I, I, I'm obsessed. Like, I don't sell airplane parts. I never sold airplane parts. Uh, <laughs> Victor hates props. He doesn't like anything that detracts from saying the lines. Uh, okay, moving on. Spent a lot of time on Alias, but Alias has my heart in a lot of ways. Band of Brothers. Yes. You heard that that is one of my comfort watches. Um, you know, I don't really know why. <laughs> I'll tell you when it became a comfort show for me. Became a comfort show for me. Um, well, you know what? That just called back a movie that I wasn't even thinking about putting on the list and I definitely need to. Um, Okay, anyway, Band of Brothers became a comfort show for me when I lived in Washington, D.C. Um, I just felt like a, a battlefield of sorts at times uh, there. I don't want to say too much about it. And yeah, there were a couple times where I just, you know, just put on Band of Brothers and watch it through a couple times. I don't know, to feel something, I guess. I don't <laughs> like, what, a, what a random comfort show to go to. Um it was a mini series on HBO in 2001. I mean, I feel like most people know what Band of Brothers is. Absolute all-star cast. Damian Lewis, Ron Livingston, Donnie Wahlberg, um, David Schwimmer, uh, so many people. Directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, and now it used to be on Amazon Prime, but now they've moved it over to HBO Max, which is sad, but it is what it is. Uh, you know what? I need HBO Max or I just need to buy it because I've been I've been feeling I've been feeling that I need a Band of Brothers binge. Next to completely 180 over here, Schitt's Creek. I know I it's a very eclectic list. OK, Schitt's Creek is a new one for me. Um, This show I, I don't even really need to talk about this. I've, everyone knows Shit's Creek. In fact, several people, when I asked what their favorite, like, comfort show and movie were, a lot of people said Shit's Creek. Um, my friend Anne told me about Shit's Creek, like, after the second season. She told me, because at the time, they were showing it on TV Land, I think. And I remember her telling me, oh my god, Sarah, you have to watch this show you would think it's hysterical. Like, I laugh so much. It's my favorite thing. Uh, like, I need more seasons now. I need more episodes. So on and so forth. Like, she just talked about it so much. And then it had come to... Shits Creek moved to HBO Max? No, it did not. No, I watched it on Netflix. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. I was like, excuse me? Um, so <laughs> that just really, fun. I was like, no, it's not because I watch it. Uh, oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. All six seasons. Yeah. Oh, it's also on Hulu. Okay. Well, yeah, you, you can watch Shit's Creek basically anywhere. I wonder why it's on HBO Max though. That's weird. Um, but I, I finally got to watching it after season five. So right before season six came out, because at that point it was on Netflix and I was like, well, you know what? Everyone talks about this show. The final season's coming up. Like, let's go ahead and watch it. I love it. I, I love it. I have several banners in there. Every single time someone orders a uh, fold in the cheese or um, uh, what's the Moira, the Moira's Roses Garden, <laughs> 426, whatever it is. That's one of the funniest things. That's one of the funniest things. Sometimes I'll just randomly think about it and laugh. Like, I'll just laugh. They're like, what is that number? They're going on and she's like, it's the last four numbers of your father's credit card. <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> the Moira's Roses. <laughs> anyway, I love that show. Uh, love it a lot. Brings me a lot of laughs and a lot of uh, joy. Like, and the baby, the, the best thing for me is when... David was hearing about the sprinkle because at the same legitimately at the same time as he's saying what the hell is a sprinkle (laughs) oh well it's not like it's not like a full baby shower because it's not the first baby so it's more like a sprinkle that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard oh my god I I said it at the same time as him because I I was like what the hell is a sprinkle oh He's like, well, then she can sit at the soft cheese stand. <laughs> He's like, do you know anything about pregnant women? Um, I love that. Next, Frasier. Come on. 264 episodes. I mean, what a powerhouse. You could watch one episode of Frasier a day for almost a whole year and never watch the same episode twice. Uh Again, this one, now they have it on Hallmark, but they have it on at, like, in the dead of night when I'm asleep, so it makes me sad. But it used to be on Lifetime in the mornings, like, in my college years. So, in the summer, when I was home for the summer, in the mornings, it would be on, and I would, just, I would sit and watch Frasier in the mornings at, like, 7, 30, 8 o'clock in the morning. I know, I still woke up at that time in the summer. Um, but what, like one of the best episodes, like, one of the funniest points is, uh, that, like, is just stuck in my brain is at one point, well, two, okay, there's two of them that I'll just randomly think about sometimes and laugh. Anytime I blow up a balloon, I think about, I don't remember the situation, but Niles is wiping off a balloon before he blows it up, and Marty asks him why, and Niles makes a comment about the white stuff on the balloon. And and Marty's like, oh, that's why we went to Vietnam. (laughs) Every time I blow up a balloon, I think about that. Okay, the other one (laughs) is when 
Bridger had to get ready for his son's bar mitzvah. And he wanted to give a speech, but he didn't know Yiddish. And so he asked one of the guys at the station to help him because he told him that he could get him into a Star Trek convention. (laughs) But then, then, like, the Star Trek convention falls through and, like, he has to tell the guy. And so he gets up there on the day and he goes to give the speech and he starts to... He starts talking, and no one knows what he's saying until the end. One of the kids next to Freddie stands up and does the Spock <laughs> Because he ended up teaching him how to say it in Klingon. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know why. <laughs> it makes me laugh every, every time. <laughs> Every time I see it, every time that episode is randomly on and I catch it, or, like, just very randomly I'll think about that. (laughs) Oh, my God. And Freddie's just sitting there mortified, and the kid's like, your dad is so cool. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Next, we have two left on here. I have a lot of comfort shows. Uh, The Nanny. Fran Drescher. I, like, and you know, it's funny to me because now I actually am a nanny. I didn't even, like, combine the fact that, like, I loved that show growing up. Loved it. Uh, Fran Fine, Maxfield Sheffield, Max, Maxwell Sheffield, uh, Niles, Cece, Yetta, everyone loved it. Love that show. Her fashion sense. I love 145 episodes. It was when I had COVID, it happened to be on and uh, like just on a random, it was a logo channel, I think. And I was so excited. I was, I just like literally watched the nanny for a whole day because it was on basically the whole day. Uh, laughed all over again. Like I had like not remembered anything. Although I, I did remember so much of it. Um, it is on HBO Max. I guess, I guess I'm gonna have to get HBO Max back again. They have, like, all my favorite shows. Um, I mean, I put this down as a comfort show because, like, if I see The Nanny on TV somewhere around I'm like, oh my god, yes. Like, I just, I love The Nanny. It was on Netflix or Amazon Prime at one point, and I was so excited about that. I just think, look, I think once it's on one of those two, you can just never take it away, personally, for me. Like, it's on there, so it's on there, and that's where it stays forever. Um, but yeah, I, my favorite episode is, um, after Maxwell finally proposes to, uh, Fran, and he's, (laughs) he's debating asking for a prenup, and he tells Niles, and Niles says, <laughs> like, you would be better off dressing up like Uncle Sam and parading around downtown, Baghdad. <laughs> oh, I, oh, this is a good line. <laughs> because, yeah, she, she loses it. And the, like, the longtime joke, like, it was a musical about cats. <laughs> 
never gets old to me. Um, I love it. And lastly, this one should honestly, like, be a no-brainer. The Golden Girls. Clearly. Like, it's on Hallmark every night and every morning. I, I could just, I could have the Golden Girls on whenever, whenever, wherever. Like, just as, even just as background noise. I love it. I, I, I have too many favorites. I have too many favorites to talk about that one, though. But 177 episodes. I can only hope that when I get to their age, that I'm still that cool. I, I love the Golden Girls. R.I.P. Betty White. Um, yeah, I, I love that. And that's it. That's my, that's my very eclectic list of shows. Although, you know, I was thinking, I was just thinking that I really should have put down Lizzie McGuire, too, because when that, like, when that Disney Plus, like, when it first came out, it was the first thing I binged was Lizzie McGuire. Freaking love Lizzie. I love Lizzie McGuire. I'm still, I'm still mad that they canned the reboot of that. But a line that I forgot existed until I was doing that rewatch was, um, it's like, it's in one of the beginning episodes, Matt is trying to copy math homework off of a friend and the friend, he's on the phone with them and the friend's like, I couldn't do it because I had something. (laughs) Oh, because Angels in the Outfield was on or whatever. And he's like, I don't care. He's like, I need that. And he's like, sorry, Matt. And And Matt says, Thanks a lot, you muggle. I, I, I was like, I forgot that line. Like, that is such a good line. Like, thanks a lot, you muggle. Um, also, like, I'm shocked they were even allowed to say that because Warner Brothers ended up buying. I mean, of course, this was obviously before any of that happened. But anyway, love that line. Um, speaking of good Disney lines, I know, but like, and then we're going to move on to the movies here. Um, one of my favorite insults of all times comes from Hannah Montana. Now, when I was in college, true story, when I was in college, I would put Disney Channel on just for background noise. I don't really know why. (laughs) Because still, okay, when I was in college, it was Wizards of Waverly Place and Hannah Montana. Those were the two main shows. And then, I don't know, it's probably like Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, maybe, or like the on deck or whatever. Anyway, the two big ones, Wizards of Waverly Place and Hannah Montana. So it was still good at the time. Liv and Maddie, though, was good. Anyway, not the point. But one of my favorite insults ever (laughs) comes from Hannah Montana. And it was because, like, I would just have it on while I was writing, you know, like 40-page business research papers. (laughs) Very mature for my time. And uh, she looks at Jackson and she says... (laughs) You are a shining light in the bay of stupidity. And that is a great insult. I said it as a joke to my cousin. We were baking something and I don't know what she had said, but like I looked at her and I said, you are a shining light in the bay of stupidity. And my aunt was like, well, that's not a very nice thing to say. And I said, no, where, where is that from? Like, I know, like, where, why did I just say that out loud? <laughs> like, where is that from? And then my cousin was like, Hannah Montana. I was like, oh my God, Hannah Montana, you're right. I mean, she's only a couple of years younger than me. It's not like I was saying it to a kid. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's my show list. 
Moving over now to my comfort movies. I'm going to start off with the one that I thought about, but I didn't write down because I was talking about Banner Brothers. Saving Private Ryan. I know, again, very odd. Very odd choice for a comfort movie, you know? Uh, there's a reason why, though, okay? The first time that I saw Saving Private Ryan was approaching finals week, my sophomore year of college. I because I, I was very type A, am very type A. So, uh, like, I was not stressed in the slightest. But that also meant that then I was helping my friends finish everything up, mostly my guy friends. And I happened to go upstairs to one of my guy friends, um, dorms, Jeremy, and he and his roommate at the time, Tim, had just put on Saving Private Ryan. And they were like, oh, I don't know if you're going to like this. And and I didn't have time at the time to really watch it. I was like, well, why wouldn't I like it? And they're like, oh, it's pretty gory, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, like, the Godfather series is one of my favorite movies. Like, I, I think I can probably handle it. And so I and my friend Jeanette, we ended up going back up that night because, like, the way that the dorms were set up, it was, like, two bed, like, bedroom for two people, common room area, and then another two people. Um they had turned their whole common room area into like surround sound movie theater. So first time I saw Saving Private Ryan all the way through was that night with Jeanette. We were sitting there. We were upstairs making sure that Jeremy was working on his research paper that was due for finals. There was a point that I was there. And uh, so we're sitting there watching. He's in his room writing his paper. And I'll never forget. It was like 2.30 in the morning at one point, you know, back in college when you could stay up forever and just not be tired the next day. And it was towards the end. Um, and if you've ever seen Saving Private Ryan, when they're waiting for the Germans to get to the village, because they've like rigged it up, but they're waiting for the Germans to arrive. And they're just kind of in their like places talking and stuff. And one of the guys starts playing a radio, like turns the radio on and there's just very faint music. I literally, I'll never forget, I start looking around. I'm like, it is 2.30 in the morning. Who has music going on right now? My friend Jeanette's like, no, that's the movie. <laughs> it's because of the surround sound. Uh, so that just, like, unofficially became my comfort moving out movie. So <laughs> moving out, sophomore year, junior year, my senior year, and then doing a study abroad program in France, like packing up and doing like I would just put on Saving Private Ryan. I don't know. I watch, I tend to watch Saving Private Ryan and Band of Brothers every May Memorial Day weekend-ish time frame. Um, so it also feels, you know, like it feels a very appropriate time to watch them. Okay, moving on. Love Actually, again, as, as with friends, I'm not here for the Love Actually slander. Um, I'm just not here for it. I love Love Actually. My senior year of college, I had pretty much as close to a full mental breakdown, I think, as you can get without, like, I I didn't end up going to the hospital or anything and uh, it was never put on meds of any kind. But uh, yeah, I had, I had a pretty bad heartbreak. I guess we'll say, like, I was in love with a guy who was not in love with me and, uh, like, coming to that full realization um, 
really just broke my heart. Um, and for the whole month of October, I watched Love Actually every day. Sometimes, you know, with, with and and I would just restart it again. And I'm, like, and I regret nothing still to this day. I will watch Love Actually whenever, wherever. I love it. I own it. I literally own Love Actually <laughs> on DVD. Let's count it. I own it on DVD. I bought it on Apple TV. Or, well, like, back when, I, like, when you really used iTunes to buy movies and stuff. Um, I bought it that way. And then I had an iPad for a long time. But then when I first moved to D.C., well, about a year into living in D.C., my iPad had officially just, like, went totally kaput because it was, like, first, second, I think it might have been, might have been first generation that I got, like, on sale after the second one came out. Anyway, um, it just didn't work anymore. And so I got a Kindle, Fire Kindle. Um, so then I bought it on Amazon because I couldn't access Apple at the time and I didn't have a DVD player in DC. So, so I own Love Actually three different ways. I regret nothing. I told you I regret nothing. Because I said so, and the Hallmark version, Love by Chance, I, I really, I don't know why Because I Said So has such a stranglehold on me. Like, it has a choke hold on me. I don't know why. I love this movie. I watched it one time. I bought it on DVD. I love this movie. You can watch it on Stars through Prime if you have it. Um, I bought. I also bought it digitally um, on Amazon because I. I just I, maybe it's because I didn't grow up with siblings, and I would just would hope that that's what our relationship would have been like had I grown up with siblings. I mean, Diane Keaton's character is just actually the worst. I, like, she actually annoys me. A lot of the times I'll skip through some of her parts, but Mandy Moore and, um, Gabriel Mock, is that how you say his name? He's from Suits, though. Uh, and Tom Everett Scott, Lauren Graham, Piper Parabu. I, I love it. If I could, if I could change one thing, it would be, uh, Stephen Collins as the dad, aka the creepy seventh heaven dad, uh, that's done really creepy things. Uh, but he played Johnny's dad, but I just, I love that movie. And then Hallmark said, um, like, hey, you love that? Well, let's make a Hallmark version of it starring Benjamin Ayers and Bo Garrett. Why on earth would anyone name their daughter Bo? B-E-A-U. Wow. Hmm. Anyway. Um, I love that one. I love it. It also has Brenda Strong in it as the overbearing mother. But I just love Benjamin Ayers. He plays a doctor in that movie. Uh, and her character is uh, a chef. And it's, I, I, I love it. I could watch that. I could watch either one of those anytime. Um, oh, and Love Actually, you can watch on, hold on, let's look that up really quick. I didn't even look it up. Um, hmm. Oh, that says buy now. Oh, I guess you have to buy that one. 
It's probably because I own it so many different ways. I thought it was an Amazon Prime video, though. I guess not anymore. Maybe it was, and then they just took it off. I don't know. Anyway, Wimbledon, uh, the movie, <laughs> a 2004 movie with Paul Bettany and Kirsten Dunst. I love this movie. I bought it on Amazon. Um, it's also one of the movies that you can watch on Stars through Amazon. Uh, also stars John Favreau and Sam Neill. Sam Neill is one of the guys in Jurassic Park. John Favreau uh, is uh, happy from Iron Man, the Iron Man movie, well, Marvel series in general. Um, and it also has Nikolai Coster-Waldo, a.k.a. Jamie Lannister. Yeah. I actually forgot about that. I keep forgetting about that. And when he showed, because he plays um, Paul Bettany's character, Peter Colt, he plays his best friend, uh, Dieter Prohl, and he plays a German guy, like a German tennis player. And I was watching it and I'm like, no, I know you. Where do I know you from? And I looked at him, I was like, I think I'm having an out-of-body experience right now. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, and also Austin Nichols um, and James McAvoy. I mean, it has a lot of famous people in it. Um, and I just, I love this movie. I love a good rom-com. I love a good sports rom-com. Um, it's British humor. It's about Wimbledon, which is a tennis Grand Slam, um, yearly Grand Slam. And I love that because I love Roger Federer. Um, my favorite part though, at the end. So, I mean, it's not really spoiling anything. Peter makes it to the finals. Like he was getting ready to retire. He had been 11th in the world at one point. That's at the beginning. People keep messing up his race. Like 11th, 11th. Um, but now he's like in the one forties and He's, he's like, this is my last tournament. Like, I'm retiring after Wimbledon. And he tells his parents at first, he's like, oh, like, I always lose when you come to see me at Wimbledon, so I didn't get you tickets. But then he starts winning, and he keeps winning, and it's because, um, well, he thinks it's because of Kirsten Dunst's character, Lizzie, and she's an up-and-coming American tennis player. And so they start a fling, and her dad, played by Sam Neill, like, can't stand Peter because he's like, you're throwing off our game. Uh, but anyway, Peter makes it to the finals and uh, his parents, well, and his mom's like, no, we don't want to go like, you know, we don't want to throw anything off. And he's like, well, it's going to be my last match either way. And I can't imagine you not being there. His brother played by James McAvoy this whole time keeps betting against him. Like he keeps going at literally betting every morning, like against his brother. And the whole time they're like, the betting guy's like, did you bet against him again? Like what the heck? So Peter's like, well, I can't imagine winning um, because he and Lizzie had gotten into a fight, but he's playing Jake Hammond played by um, Austin Nichols, who's like the number one ranked player or whatever. They, it's so funny because they're like, in order for Austin to make it to the final, he had to beat Roger Federer. And I forget the other person that they, who else did they say? Anyway, uh, like at the time, Roger was unbeatable. So it's like, it's also just a funny little like trivia piece in there. Um, but his brother Carl is like, so you're saying Jake's the safe bet, <laughs> like to put money on his brother or like on Carl. So 
after Peter wins, like, it never fails. I cry every time. After Peter wins, he is, like, he's up in the stands. He's hugging his parents. And then James McAvoy's Carl, he says, I bet it all on you, bro. All on you. Ugh. It makes me, like, I'm about to cry right now thinking about it. Um, I just, oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. I love it. To all the boys, I mean, I had two, two full, like, totaling three hours worth of podcasts talking about to all the boys. So I don't really think that, like, we don't really think we have to talk about much here, but PK, LJ, Look, I got my, I got my PK trying to braid LJ's hair and I got PK in a face mask. I, I couldn't ask for any more from that series, except for another movie where, like, where Peter breaks up with LJ, but then they end up back together and they get married in real life. Like, that's what I, or, well, not in real life. I'm sorry. That was a Freudian slip. I mean, I do wish that Noah Centineo and Lana Condor were getting married, but, you know, she's engaged now and love that for her. Very happy that she's happy. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> TikTok already called me out on that one with that viral video. Okay, next. Holidate. This is like my new love, actually. Like, well, and really, Holidate goes through the whole year. I mean, love actually is specifically Christmas time, but Holidate goes through the whole year with Luke Bracey and Emma Roberts, uh, Kristen Chenoweth, um, oh, what's her name that played Arizona in, um, Grey's Anatomy? Mm, like, I remember the big names. Um, oh, that's, that actually was kind of mean here. Uh, Jessica Capshaw. Uh, yes, duh. Oh, never mind. I thought, I was like, oh, wait, I know that guy. Not like, no, no. But anyway, um, this movie, laugh out loud, the Halloween scene when, uh, her sister Abby gives her laxatives. Oh my God. I gut laughed so hard, like so loud at, I don't know. It was, it was like 1130 at night, whatever. I like, I couldn't help myself. I was legitimate I was gut laughing my sides hurt I was laughing so much the Mother's Day <laughs> the Mother's Day pirate where she's like well then why don't you date my daughter and like it, like what compares sleeping with her to eating escargot <laughs> I love Luke Bracey I need to see him in more things love next she's the man Channing Tatum Amanda Bynes I saw that movie four times in movie theaters, two times were it like the dollar movie theater. Was it two times or one time? I love She's the Man. I can quote that movie to you in my sleep still. I love it. <sighs> like, does he have your number? 1-800-BIATCH. Like, my favorite Scooter. Uh, uh, I'm allergic to the sun. I think about that line a lot. <laughs> I think about that line a lot when, I don't know, like when it's summertime, but you see people wearing jeans and stuff. I'm like, uh, I'm allergic to the sun. Um, like, not a bad part. Not a bad part to that. And I actually wrote an English lit, like a 
300 level lit class course, I wrote a paper on the pop culture experience of making Shakespeare relatable nowadays because She's the Man is based off, ooh, don't quote me, off of Twelfth Night, I think is what it was. Uh, Clueless is based off, well, uh, not just Shakespeare. I'm sorry. I take this back. Um, just about the classics. And I was highlighting Shakespeare and Jane Austen because uh, Clueless is based off of Jane Austen's Emma, which I did not know that. And then the second that I did know that, I, w I was like piecing together all of the parts. I was like, duh, duh. Also, I didn't write that one down, but the Emma movie with Gwyneth Paltrow put that whole thing on my mood board for if I ever get married. I am 33 and I still, that is what I want if I ever get married. Just whole mood board aesthetic. That, I, like, it, if you had to wonder at all why I'm excited for Bridgerton season two, Bridgerton in general, like all of that. At one point in Emma, this is getting off topic here for a second. They are walking, I think in Mr. Knightley's garden. What garden are they in? Doesn't matter. They're walking in a garden and they come across, I kid you not. They walk up middle of this garden and there is a pedestal, and on the pedestal is a fishbowl with a goldfish in it. Revolutionary. <laughs> I was like, can we do that in real life? Like, yes. I'm going to get married outside, like, in a cool garden space. And yes, I would just, like, random pedestals with random goldfish. I don't even care. I don't even care. Make sure there's some wisteria and twinkly lights up. Probably a gazebo. Count me in. Yes, thank you. Um, And yes, I would appreciate if everyone came dressed in proper attire. Uh, but back to my point. Um, I wrote a whole paper about this because because I love She's the Man so much. Um, But yeah, She's the Man is Shakespeare. Clueless is Jane Austen. Ten Things I Hate About You is Shakespeare. What, that one's Pygmalion, I think? Or did I mix up the two of those? What other ones? They're all, oh, man. I'm thinking. Oh, and I know it's something, but oh, uh, She's All That. That's another one. Oh, maybe She's All That is Pygmalion. I don't know. One of them's Pygmalion. <laughs> one of them's Pygmalion. But I don't know. Like, it, it just, it, um, it, it truly brings forth this thing that we're like, you can take away, like, the stuffy writing. You can take away the, the, oh, I think doth protest too much, all of that. And you can still, be, like, make it present day. And it still makes sense and it still works for the good storylines. Um, so, yeah, anyway, but uh, she's the man. Yes. And, and also, by the way, Emma. Okay, next. Going weird again. Pearl Harbor. Yes, the <laughs> the three-hour blockbuster movie with uh, Jason Hart. Uh, Jason, oh my God, strike me down now, Jesus. Josh Hartnett, Ben Affleck, and Kate Beckinsale. Chokehold. This movie had a chokehold on me. Eighth grade and ninth grade combined total. 
I had a wall, not a wall, I had a door, I had a closet door dedicated to Josh Hartnett. And, you know, also then partly a wall. What is it about high school or, like, teenagers cutting out things and taping them to walls? I don't, I don't really understand it, but we all did it. And we all do it. Although now they make it cool and they just do, they do aesthetic things. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, I loved this movie. I was having a really rough time. So I saw this in movie theaters with my mom and her friend. Um, loved it. And then I was I was having a very hard time before a band recital, uh, our Christmas band recital. And I was very upset. And um, my mom came home before we had to leave. I had just been crying the whole afternoon. And to cheer me up, my mom gave me an early Christmas present. It was Pearl Harbor on VHS, two-part VHS. It, DVD players were brand new at the time. We didn't have one. And the next day, I came home from school. And I, from that day through the next summer, watched the first tape of Pearl Harbor every day of the school week. Every day. I could put that movie on. See, this movie will come on on TV. This is another one. I own it on VHS, DVD, two kinds of DVD, actually, by the way. Came out in two different versions, have both of them. And I have it on Apple TV because it was one that I bought on through iTunes. Yeah. Like, you know, I love it if I, if I have physical and digital copies of this. Uh, but anyway, what was I going to say? Oh, I can't watch this movie on TV because I have it memorized to the point that when they put it on any TV channel that requires commercial breaks, they'll just cut little snippets out. Like, not scenes. They'll just literally cut, like, five words here and there. And because I have it memorized front to back, basically, it's enrages me. It throws me off and I, I can't do it. I cannot do it. I, I, I cannot watch this one on a regular TV station because it just, to this day, I still have it memorized. Um, yeah. And all I can say is justice for Danny. Rafe already died once. He should have just died again. Unacceptable. I cry. I, so, if you caught it earlier, I would watch the first tape. So the first tape goes from the beginning, obviously, to right after the attack happens. Like right after the attack happens, Danny and Rafe show up at the hospital and they see Evelyn and Evelyn's like, oh, thank God you're alive. Um, and then it starts the second tape that goes from FDR's speech to the end. It still makes me mad that Rafe lives in the end and Danny dies. That I don't watch the second tape. I that the second half of that movie is dead to me. I mean, I still have it quoted probably because of the amount of times I still did actually watch it. But um, yeah, too many people died. The wrong people died. Reasons why I hate Ben Affleck. Just one of the many reasons that I hate Ben Affleck. But you know what? He should have just died again. And Josh Hartnett actually tried for. He actually auditioned for Rafe's part, uh, but then they decided to make him Danny because he had more of a baby face, which he did. Um, 
But yeah, I love Josh Hartnett. Didn't he just never did enough things for me? I mean, I I hope he's happy in his life. Um, but he did things that like I it wasn't like appropriately age for me to watch at the time. As he did, uh, what the um, oh shoot, what's it called? Forty days and forty nights about like where he abstains from having sex for forty days and forty nights of Lent because he's a sex addicted. Um, yeah, like I was. I don't know, how old was I? 13, 14 at the time. I wasn't allowed to watch that movie. Um, I had a responsible mother while I wasn't allowed to watch that movie at the time. I still don't actually know that I've actually seen that movie. It was, it's definitely been on and I know that I've seen parts, but I don't know that I've seen all that. Then he did what? The Black Dahlia? Something. He did something in black and white. About, like, old Hollywood, or like, murder mystery or something. I don't know. Anyway. Um, love Josh Hartnett. Love that movie. Lo- lo- obsessed. Obsessed. Love that movie. Moving on. The Holiday. Like I said, these are in no particular order. But, yes, at Christmas time, really anytime I could put The Holiday on. The Holiday and Love Actually both fall under my Christmas Eve baking uh, cookie tradition, movie watches. So, every Christmas Eve or when I'm baking cookies, which typically has been on Christmas Eve, but now this last year, my bosses had COVID, so I had a whole bunch of time off. And I, so I was watching them throughout the week while I was baking like five different kinds of cookies. Um, but normally on Christmas Eve, I bake cookies all day and I watch these movies, not necessarily in this order, but these are the movies that I have to watch when I'm baking cookies at Christmas time. Pride and Prejudice, I know it's not a Christmas movie, but whatever we're going with it. I just, I watch it every Christmas Eve. I don't, I don't know why. Um, The Holiday, Love Actually, Eloise at Christmas Time. I'm thinking. And White Christmas. I'm sorry. I could not think of my, I'm like, no, there's one more. Um, Those are my five. You just, I have two. Um, Okay. Next. Yes. Um, Pride and Prejudice, senior year of college, sorry, junior year of college, watched this every day. It was my love actually uh, in my junior year phase. (laughs) Junior year, I had love actually, and then my, or I'm sorry, junior year I had Pride and Prejudice, and then senior year I had uh, love actually. That's just how the cookie crumbles. Once I love something, I love it. I love it to the point... I don't, I don't even love it to the point that I don't love it anymore because I can still watch Pride and Prejudice whenever. I'm going to put that on when I'm done. I don't know. I haven't decided. Next, The Parent Trap, 1997, Lindsay Lohan version. This is one of the few times where I would firmly put the reboot ahead of the original. Obviously, growing up, um, going to my grandparents' house, my aunt lived there too, I watched all the classics, so I watched the original Parent Trap long before um, the 1997 version came out, Um, but there is not a time nor place that I would not watch the Parent Trap. There is not a bad part to that whole, I love the whole thing. Makes me sad every single time I watch it, though, because Natasha Natasha Richardson, unfortunately, passed away. I feel so bad for Liam Neeson every single time I watch it. And when I watch Love Actually, I think about shit. Like, I just feel so bad for Liam Neeson. 
That's so sad. And also, like, it's so sad because Natasha Richardson, obviously, had she still been alive, would have... Well, you know, I say this and then people are like, well, but then you have to think like she'd be older. I'm like, yeah, well, you're right. If you needed someone to play a Princess Diana role, tell me you wouldn't have picked Natasha Richardson. Especially in the movie. I love it. I wish I could have looked good or I wish I could look good with the short hair that she had. Just never would have worked for me. Um, Disney Store came out with like little cuppy dolls like because a Disney store at the time when Beanie Babies were huge Disney came out with their own version and like I think I've gotten rid of pretty much all of my Beanie Babies except like five of them including the Princess Diana one um but I've kept all the Disney ones and when that movie came out they came out with a cuppy um one and I almost want to give it to my nanny kid because she loves the parent trap she's it's so cute Oh, this is so cute. She has started doing the Parent Trap handshake with her friends. And I love it. Because she wouldn't know about that if it weren't for me showing it to her. Uh, But yeah, like sometimes she'll just be like, can we watch the Parent Trap? I'm like, absolutely we can. Absolutely. Put it on, girlfriend. Um, We did last summer uh, try the Oreos dipped in peanut butter. I don't know why I never did that until that moment in time. Genius. Glorious. The girls were on to something. Love it. Chessie. Martin. I, not a bad part. Anyway. Ugh. Like, that is the ultimate comfort movie. Love that one. Something Borrowed. The, again, this is one of the movies. I watched it one time. Obsessed. Bought it. Digitally so I can watch it whenever I want. Never read the books. Yeah, never read the books. Um, love this movie. I, because I, like, it, this one's hard to explain because, like, the one thing, I was just talking about this in the, um, Sweet Magnolia's wrap-up, that, like, the one thing that I don't tolerate is lying and then, therefore, like, cheating. Like, somehow, it's like Scandal. You know how Scandal really had us in for Fitz and Olivia, even though Fitz was married? Like, you know how, like, Scandal really said, like, F them kids? Like, we don't care. Like, yes, Fitz and Olivia, I don't care about Nellie. Until, you know, like, until we really got into Molly's backstory, and then I felt really bad for her. But, um, this, it's, that's the same thing. Where you're like... It's not, like, cheating, but, like, it's kind of okay. And, like, you know, Darcy's cheating, too. So, like, you know, it's kind of, but, like, it's, like, it's not okay. But I love it. I love when Ethan is, like, just do something. Like, either be with him or don't be with him. But, like, pick a side because, and he's like, but you know what? Honestly, it, it doesn't matter because you're never going to say anything. He's never going to do anything. And even if you did, Darcy would never let you have him. And then they have that badminton game. And they're like, she's like, I know your secret. Oop. And he's like, oh, are we telling secrets now? Oh, yeah. No, I'm definitely in. And Dex is like, oh, no, come on, guys. He's like, no, serve it, Dex. Serve it. <laughs> I love that part. Um, 
Next, we're just gonna, I'm gonna skip one really quick just because it kind of ties in together with wedding stuff. The Wedding Planner, old school, Jennifer Lopez, Matthew McConaughey, probably the movie that I fell in love with, Matthew McConaughey. Um, this movie made me want to be a wedding planner. It terrified my mother because this was right at the same time as I, I was in high school and I truly wanted to be a wedding party planner and my mom was like but you don't have to go to college for that like what did you do and to be clear my mom has never she never pushed me to go to college she did not go to college um so it was never that but she's like we're like talking about going to college and you don't need to go to college to be a wedding planner so like what do you what <laughs> like I think she was just like oh god what's happening um and I still to this day think I would be a just an amazing party wedding planner well, you know a lot of stress though a lot of late nights you have to give up your weekends and stuff and at this point I'm just not willing to do that so I guess maybe not anyway loved that movie I love like uh, the one part that, like, even I understood at the time, and, like, now, is, like, oh, when they are looking at the flowers, and then she runs into her ex and finds out that, uh, what's-her-name is pregnant, and so they get drunk, and, well, she gets drunk, and they end up eating pizza in her apartment, and then he leaves, and he comes back, and he's, like, like, what if I want you, though? Like, what if I don't want to get married? And she's, like, I can't be your second best. Like, I can't be anyone's Wendy. Anyway, that's her name. Um, I just, like, yeah, that's such a deep, that was deep. And I remember just, like, sitting there watching the time and like, but I do also think a lot, though. Like, I, I think about that movie a lot. It also has Justin Chambers in it, uh, Alex Greff from Grey's Anatomy. Fun fact, he's originally from Ohio, uh, from the Yellow Springs area. Um, so he comes back, he normally comes back every year. Uh, and he's in his, he's like 50 now or something, right? Like, how old am I? I'm 33. Uh, he's, you want to talk about baby face and like just never, never expecting that. Um, but whenever I see Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, I'll think about him being Mossmo doing the, um, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese a lot. And, uh. I think about that movie every time um, it comes to flowers. Like, every time I see a bleeding heart, I think about that. Or um, if I ever have to talk about the color chartreuse because, um, it, like, when she's going on about, like, the wedding curses and, uh, and she says something about chartreuse and I can't think of it off the top of my head. But, yeah, anyway, I think about the movie a lot. I love it still. Total comfort movie. Last... Lee on my list. I'm just like looking over my list. Like, is that it? Is that all of my comfort movies? I'm sure there are probably more, but these were, these were the ones that I first thought of. Um, John Tucker Must Die. Again, it's another hit. Doesn't miss. I love every single part of it. Can quote it. I, that's another movie that I own on Amazon and through Apple TV, um, because I didn't, I wanted to be able to watch it, however, so I bought it on both, both forms, uh, at the time, 
I, it, like, just gives you unrealistic expectations for what high school could be. <laughs> Even though I don't think I would have wanted that for high school. But Pin Badgley with his curly hair reminded me of my very first crush, my high school crush, Noah. Um, I probably shouldn't have just said, oh, well, it doesn't matter. He's married now. Um, I mean, have not seen him since I graduated high school, but no, he was my... He was my high school crush and I loved him, but he had curly hair too, just like pin badgley's and that. And so every time I see that, I just think, just think of that. Um, but it, like the one line, the iconic line from that movie is, um, oh God, no, no, here I am. Good. I'm going to mess it up. Uh, where, um, where she says like, why can't love be like that? Like an iconic eighties pop song. I want you to want me. Boom. End of story. They all live happily ever after. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's kind of like the love actually line where he says like, but people only get together right at the very end. So it's also sometimes true and sad. Mm. Um, yeah, that's my, I like a little bit of war. <laughs> I don't know. A little bit of war, a lot of rom-coms, a lot of comedies, um, you know, little mix of everything here. We have some 80 shows, some 90 shows, today's shows. I just, it's a little bit of everything, just like me. And it's funny because this also comes off the heels of me looking at one of the Enneagram things and it's like what you're listening to, any kind of podcast or like any music, like just an eclectic mix of music or a podcast. I was like, that's exactly what I listen to. <laughs> like, that's exactly what I listen to. <laughs> I listen to everything and podcasts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why would my, like, why would my comfort shows or movies be any different than that? You know? You know? And it kind of, it would, like, shock me if that wasn't everyone, though. You know? Like, doesn't, doesn't everyone, like, listen to all kinds of music and like love all kinds of shows. I don't know. <laughs> like that's me. Looking really quickly at what some of the people said when I asked what your favorite comfort shows and movies were. Um, some uh, had a few Shits Creek, um, New Girl, Futurama, the Maze Runner movies. They made the, oh yeah, they did make those into movies. Um, Full House, yeah, also Full House. I had another Golden Girls, yes. I love this. Forrest Gump and the Shining. See? See? I feel, you know what, Saving Private, like, Saving Private Ryan and Love Actually then, like, feels very similar here. Forrest Gump, though, yeah. I I do love Forrest. Like, whenever, like, I just don't think you can turn off or turn the station if you see Forrest Gump on. Or if, like, you just, like you walk out and you walk back in and Forrest Gump is playing on TV. Like, I just, I think as an American, you're like, okay, well, I'm watching Forrest Gump now. Like, it's just like, that is the American, that's the American movie there. Uh, Morshits Creek, Modern Family. I, like, I need to watch Modern Family. I've seen episodes here and there. But I have never, like, actually sat down and watched it. Um, but, like, the episodes that I've seen or, like, the clips that I've seen, I'm always laughing at. So, I, I need to find that. Coraline. 
Yo, that is scary. How is that? How is that your comfort movie? I'm not judging, but I'm judging. I know this girl, Ashley. Ashley, calling you out on that one. Coraline, really? Really? Dude, my nanny kid's trying to watch Coraline sometimes. I'm like, okay. I, the four-year-old, like, I'm like, are you not afraid? Like, what? <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm 33. Like, oh, no, thank you. Um, she also wrote down No Way Home and The Meg. What's The Meg? Oh, No Way Home is going to be Spider-Man. I'm so excited she gave me her um, login information so I can watch No Way Home and Ted Lasso because I just refuse to pay for another streaming service as I'm sitting here like, I need HBO Max now. I'm like, look, I pay for Netflix, Amazon Prime. I'm actually going to switch my Amazon Prime to going with my aunt because I'm like, we don't need, like, we don't both need separate accounts at this point in time. Um, But I'm like, I pay for Netflix. Amazon Prime, which includes Amazon Prime Video, um, Disney Plus, I'm like, no, and I was paying for HBO, and then, you know, um, Game of Thrones stopped, and then I ended up keeping it through that year, and we, like, watched Chernobyl and stuff, but there wasn't really anything else on that I was like, oh, I have to have, but, uh, or, like, I want to watch, but I might have to get HBO Max back, because there are a lot of shows, <laughs> there's a lot of shows on there that I love, um, but anyway, yeah, I, like, well, if you want to watch Stars movies, you have to, like, that's an add-on to Prime and, like, PBS. I know that because my mom wanted me to add the PBS to the Amazon Prime because she watches, <laughs> she, she doesn't pay for any of these things. I pay for the streaming services. Um, of course, she pays for the cable bill that I hack into, so it's <laughs> all, and, you know, it evens out in the end. Um, but I, so all of these things, I'm like, it's, everyone know we're just paying for all of this in the end, then we could have just been paying for cable, uh, to have all of that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I was like, I really want to watch Spider-Man No Way Home and Ted Lasso, but I'm not paying for Apple TV. I think I'm not doing another one. Um, uh, the newsroom season one, you know, I just saw a TikTok about the newsroom and I think that's also an HBO show, but I saw a TikTok. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. So I might have to look into that. That is kind of funny, though, that that's a comfort watch. Because um, to me, I don't know. I, like, I watch it, but then I was also kind of stressed out by it. Uh, okay, The West Wing. You know what? I have such fond memories of The West Wing. Um, I always think of The West Wing because growing up, the Tuesday, the week of Thanksgiving we had school Monday and Tuesday and then, you know, we were off Wednesday through the rest of the week. And my grandparents had bowling league on Tuesday and grandpa did. And uh, so that Tuesday, every year without fail, they would pick me up after school and I would go with them to do bowling that night. Like everyone knew who I was. Um, and because my grandma sold the 50-50 tickets. It was a whole thing. My childhood was very happy and now I'm very sad because none of that exists anymore. Um, and... I would go home with them, and then Wednesday, I would spend the day cleaning with my grandma. When my aunt would get home uh, from work, my grandparents had a different bowling thing on Wednesday. They were very popular people, um, and, well, no, they would work at a different bowling alley just for fun, basically, because they knew the owners um, that Wednesday, and 
I don't know why, but for years, West Wing would be on. It would just, like, be the Thanksgiving episodes. But I did watch West Wing growing up. And, like, half the cast comes from Ohio. So many people. Uh, Martin Sheen. Um, oh, God. I've, I've Oh, I've lost her name, but the woman. Uh, I can see her face. She went to Stivers. Anyway, she's from Dayton. Uh, yeah, and the Sheen family, they're from Ohio, too. And someone else is um, from Ohio, too. Anyway, Parks and Rec. That's another show that I really want to watch and just haven't. Um, did I say New Girl? I think, oh, yeah, someone else said New Girl as well. I watched New Girl for many, many seasons. And I do personally own the, the first season Thanksgiving episode. That's another one of those, like, gut laughing when Jess goes to check on the neighbor and she's it's not funny I buzz myself when uh when Jess goes to check on the next door neighbor she's like an old like very elderly woman and she's dead on the toilet oh my god I remember like watching that as I recorded it and I was catching up oh I was just, I was like, got laughing at 11.30 at night. I couldn't help myself laughing so hard. It came so out of nowhere. Um, that, and then when they're talking about their pogos and, uh, and Schmidt's like, I know, I know that you talk about my gremlin toes, my clickety clacks. Every time, every time my dog, either my old dog Roxy or my, my current dog Millie, anytime they walk across and you hear like their fingernails, Paul, Paul nails, I guess, whatever. Um, <laughs> I think about that, my clickety clacks. Oh, and then, uh, yeah, and the, uh, when they're, when he's all upset about Cece and so he wants to go get a lionfish and she, what does Winston bring home? Winston bring home something else. And he's like, I don't want your freshwater bitch fish. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's going to make me cough. Oh, <laughs> youths, put it in the jar. Um, <laughs> where are my driving moccasins? Anyway, yeah, I should rewatch New Girl. I probably should. Um, that's another one. How I Met Your Mother, except for the final season. I binge watched How I Met Your Mother. It was another one of those things, it was like Schitt's Creek, where I'm like, everyone's talking about it, and I'm an Enneagram 7, and I hate FOMO, so like, let me watch it. I binge watched all of those episodes, and I had seen a few, I'd seen some randomly, all to watch the final season live, like, so I could be there for that moment with the final episode. I, like, I was mad, I was shocked and appalled, and I did not put in all of those years into it. I put in, you know, like a couple of months. To the people that put in years for that to be the final season and the final episode specifically, electric chair, uh, well not to the people, to the people, I'm, I'm so sorry. <sighs> electric chair though, to the writers. Um... Okay, is that, yeah, more Schitt's Creek, see, someone else loves Friends, Gilmore Girls, Gilmore Girls, yes, although the older I get, 
the more I come to realize Rory's actually the worst. Um, I had, like, I used to say, though, that my life was such a Gilmore Girls parallel. Like, I had so many parallels to the two Gilmore Girls. Like, it was just me and my mom. It's Lorelai and Rory. They would do Friday night dinners. We would do Sunday night dinners. Although, like, not out of obligation of, like, my grandparents weren't paying for my school or anything like that. Um, but just, like, well, like, Lorelai had left home at a young age for obviously very different reasons. My mom moved out at 17 when she graduated, then ended up in the army. Um, I had a good relationship with my grandparents. Don't get me wrong. Um, but like those, and then, so, you know, Kirk, how then he had cat Kirk. Well, my next door neighbor's daughter had a daughter named Harley. And then my other next door neighbor, they got a dog named Harley so, you know, at times we were talking and it was like Harley or dog Harley. And it was like Kirk or cat Kirk. Um, it wasn't that I think there was like one other. No, maybe not. Oh, and technically like Sherry, my mom's name is an offset of the name Sarah. I don't know, Hebrew or something like that. And like Lorelai. Well, no, Rory's first name is actually Lorelai. So it's just like, it's just really funny to me because I've, I just grew up with, or like, people I'm like, yeah, I kind of have like, I, I have a little bit of a Gilmore Girls life. Um, and like team Jess or team nobody, honestly. Uh, on a, and you know, I think people gave Luke way too much leeway. I, I watched it all. I really fell off at the end though, or like at the whole point with it, the daughter and like the way he was pushing Lorelai away is just not for me. Uh, One Tree Hill. Yes. Love One Tree Hill. You know, Jen just said One Tree Hill too. She was, she was just talking about it because apparently it's on Hulu and, uh, someone else has mentioned it. That's so funny though. Well, it's funny because she had said it. I was like, oh, that's so funny. I'm getting ready to do this podcast about comfort shows and movies. And you just randomly say this, uh, then this person's in here. Um, One Tree Hill. Yes. I, it didn't watch it as much when I was in high school, but I watched it when I was in college. Like, I knew what, like, I knew of what had happened during my high school years when I wasn't watching it. And I, somehow I had, I had watched them when I was in college. Anyway, not the point. But when I lived in Italy for a semester, um, that was the season with Crazy Nanny Carrie. And I will never forget... I had found a way that I could still watch it, even though I was in Italy. And so I was just sitting on my bed. I had headphones on and I was watching it. And it's when she kidnaps Jamie and takes off. I did not realize that I was yelling out loud. (laughs) Like I was so in the moment of the show that I didn't realize I was yelling out loud that one of my roommates, Nina, (laughs) popped her head in the door at one point. She's like, are you okay? What are you watching? And then I was like, what? And she's like, you are yelling. I'm like, what? what? I I am? Oh, I am so sorry. (laughs) Like, I had no idea. So yeah, one trio too. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's it. Not, not a lot of people put down movies. Um, that's okay though. But, um, yeah, so many, so many shows, so many shows and movies like, 
wrap up in our little security blankets because we are at capacity. No more mental bandwidth for new things sometimes. On that note, I have just seen how long this podcast has gone on for, so I'm going to call it a day on this one. You know what? Sometimes I'm just in a silly, goofy mood, and I hope that it brought back a little bit of a silly, goofy mood for you, too. If you are struggling and you're at your mental bandwidth, I get it. Oh, take a deep breath. We're getting there. Daylight savings time has happened. Spring is official now, around the corner still for us here in Ohio. We're getting there. Ukraine still stands. Things are still precariously okay. And we're going to make it. Until next time, or next week, there might be another podcast this week, before Bridgerton. We're going to have like the before Bridgerton and the after Bridgerton. Oh my gosh, you guys. I think I might go live for the first time on TikTok watching Bridgerton. I might. I don't know. Follow along on Instagram and see what I decide to do. If you're not following, you should. Sockbun Studios on Instagram. Send me an email, sockbunstudios at gmail.com. Until next time, remember, there are no bad hair days. We're going to get through this. I will see you guys then.